0: Welcome to episode number 53, True Grit. This is the Rotated Views Podcast with Jimmy Lee and the crew, giving you life from various perspectives. Welcome Welcome to our level. level. We We hope hope you enjoy enjoy the views. views. Alright, you are now tuned in to the Rotated Views Podcast, episode number 53, titled True Grit. I am your host, Jimmy Lee-Velez. I am here with Goose, yep. Manny, mm. Gabe, and special guest, Scott DeVore.
1: Scottie. Yo, yo,
2: what's up? Scottie.
0: True Grit. In this episode, we have special guest Scott DeVore, CEO of Equity Dream Homes. The crew discusses what it means to have true grit. Scott explains his new company, how it came about, and the road to making it a reality. We discuss stories of resilience. We wrap the episode up with quotes from Angela Lee Duckworth and Travis Bradbury. As usual, we kick things off with a definition from dictionary.com, and this week we define the word grit. And they define it as firmness of character, indomitable spirit. So I wanted to define the word indomitable too, as well. Please Um, Please do. Yeah, which means that cannot be subdued or overcome as persons, will, or courage unconquerable. Mm -hmm. Um, So for some reason, that gives me like this, like jolt of energy reading that I don't know why um, I feel like the guy from 300 you know what I mean like when I read that I feel like Spartan yeah I feel like a Spartan um, that's that's a that's a pretty badass uh, definition um, nice. so um, before uh, we get a bio of Scott since we had him on you know in previous episodes um, this is kind of a, a change up a uh, change of pace in that he has uh, developed a new company but it's not that i was just kind of explaining it um to the guys that it's more of like a a combination of all his efforts uh, last week we had the um cto of bark.us and bre- like very quickly we realized that this guy was literally putting together his entire life experiences mm-hmm. and 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 putting it towards one project Mm -hmm. right and and the outcome of when someone does that was outrageously impressive i mean the guy had a a resume that was like an old school scroll that just kept going and Mm -hmm. going you're like this dude and he was young i think he's like in his mid 30s oh he's 36 he said he was 36. Yeah. yeah i was so impressed of with what he's done you know in such a short time frame but not only that, it's it's kind of like on a discussion where we say, uh, you know, when things happen for a reason, yep. this guy literally built off his own foundation, just kept building on it, and kept building on it yeah. uh, to the point where he's like who he is today. The because, current thing uh, is the amalgamation of everything that came before it. Right. But, you know, it's crazy because then you say, what about the people who succumb to the life that they live and mm-hmm. their resume and yeah. their experiences that don't build on instead of fall apart? Mm-hmm. And and they don't have that resilience that we're going to talk about the grit to keep going. This guy's not only keep going, you know, people talk about, you know, survival of the fittest or, you know, we're we're in we live in, you know, the greatest country the world has ever seen. We can get off this for, for most for most average person. We should be talking about thriving, mm-hmm. right? Uh, we should be getting on. We have so much opportunity that's presented us. Obviously, it's situational. Uh, I'm not saying every single person, but the majority of people have opportunity, yep. uh, you know, presented to them on a daily basis. It's it's where, are we going to use that as, you know, our purpose or our excuse? And I just kind of wanted to just, you know, kick things off with that because I, I thought I saw this cool common thread uh, with resilience. Um, and we're going to talk about, uh, you know, grit and, you know, the power of passion and perseverance. But... You know Scott's story is one of grit, so I wanted to kind of bring him on to give us a different perspective. Although, as I mentioned earlier, we do have Scott on previous episodes, but he's talking about other opportunities and other topics. And and before we get to that, there's this really cool story I stumbled upon that they are now teaching grit basically in as a college hmm. or, or, or in schools. Um mm. I I wanted to say as a as a course is what I want to say. Um and I thought this to be the most fascinating thing cuz right behind Manny uh hanging on my wall I have hard work beats talent. And that's a, another common thread uh topic or category whatever you want to talk about that we always kind of touch on on every episode even yeah. if we don't go in depth, you know, that you know talent is never enough kind of thing. And this this is now teaching kids about grit um I, I just thought it was fascinating um and so the this article that i found is titled why we're teaching grit through stories of resilience and what we're seeing by michael randau so i'm just going to read a little bit of this uh article just so we kind of get a ba- basic uh, understanding of what they're doing so it goes like this Year after year, our director of college counseling and I sit down to evaluate the success of Eagle Hill High School, Massachusetts alumni at their chosen universities. In the last 10 years, we've become increasingly aware that traditional, strictly intellectually oriented approaches fall short of predicting which students will be most successful. In other words, ACT and SAT scores, high school rank, GPA, and even teacher recommendations fail to provide an adequate perspective picture of who will persevere and who will succumb to the challenges of college over time it has become clear to us that there is at least one other f- important factor that accounts for their success what angela duckworth and others have identified as grit the sticktuitiveness that permits us to pursue and persevere to achieve very long-term goals with tenacity and resilience we were thrilled to see our experience with students born out of Duckworth's research at the University of Pennsylvania, and we took a new look at our students with this characteristic in mind. By considering grit and resilience, we were able to better predict who would succeed and in which environments, and, I think, better able to offer helpful advice in our students and families as they headed off to college. So we set about developing a course titled Grit Lit, stories of resilience to provide students with a window of gritty lives of characters in their reading. Many high school literature courses treat text as nothing more than grist for an interpretation mill, often with a particular interpretive practice in mind, training young feminist critics or psychoanalytic critics or new critics or post In our grit-lit sections, we take another approach. We pay attention to the experiences of characters and try hard to imagine ourselves in their lives. We've done this with grit journals that ask students to identify the resilience of characters in their readings, to adopt the position of a character and imagine entering his or her situation, or to imagine literally characters reacting to the challenges situations in their own lives. Um, And I know that was a bit lengthy and that is not even the complete article But I kind of wanted to give you like a background of what they're doing now Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it's fascinating too um, And I'll I'll get your guys opinions on what you think about that but Being in the personal development industry one of the first things you you think of I mean You're taught is even going back to the most basic, you know the the movie the secret, you know Mm -hmm. we're taught that we think in images so we see everything in images, so you know when when you give someone, you know, uh, like a kid, a cartoon that presents them very basic teaching tools like one, two, three, A, B, C, and the shapes and the colors, and that's why the colors are specific. So it's like they have that going on in their mind. That's how their mind thinks. But obviously, as we develop, you know our teaching. You know, our kids has to also advance. Mm-hmm. So we can't just give them the basic stuff. And basically, I feel like that's what this article is saying, is like we're just giving them, here's a book, what do you think it means? That's like a basic thing. We're here, just grit-lit, they're giving these people stories of resilience and telling them to put yourself as yep. that character. Mm-hmm. Now how you reading it, right? It's yep. almost a totally different interpretation. Pretend you're the Mickey Mouse on the kids' show. And you're going through this little town or whatever, um, but when they have this, um, and this goes deeper and deeper. This is in a book called uh, Psycho Cybernetics, where they, you know, they talk about this stuff where you envision yourself succeeding enough to the point where your vision becomes a reality. Mm-hmm. Um, I did it with many things that we laugh and joke about all the time. We did it with this podcast, but you know, reeling this all back in this is all to help kids get through college because a lot of times it's not just because you're smart you got into yeah. college there's an other element and they're wondering what that is because there's people like you know myself who didn't have the highest gpa who didn't have the highest sat scores who didn't have you know on paper it looked decent but it wasn't the best mm-hmm. but then i smoked people when it came to college and it had nothing to do and i didn't do that great but for me it was good But like I said, I saw kids jump out of college left and right. Like it was nothing. I mean, like it was absolutely not. Like they just didn't put up 20 grand to go um, and then just not leave without a diploma. Um, So what was the difference between them and me? Obviously, on an intellectual level, people were saying their IQ was higher. I would say my EQ was higher. But I definitely had more grit than they had. Mm -hmm. Um, So anyway enough of me enough of my opinion (laughs) scott goose manny gabe what do you guys think about um you know them implementing this you know stories of resilience into like their uh,
1: yeah it's almost like a flight simulator like when you're a pilot before you're allowed to even get in the cockpit to fly that you know 100 billion dollar you know jet you got to get in a flight simulator to basically you know kind of practice and and, and whatever to, to get the kind of full understanding of what you're going to do. I think what you just read is pretty phenomenal because I'm thinking back to my younger years when I first got into, you know, some different types of businesses. And um, you would hear success stories of people who had a similar background. You basically kind of internalize that. You're like, hey, you know, if that person can do it, I can do it. But this is kind of like that, but a little bit different. Mm. I think, you know, it's, it's phenomenal like where we are in 2017 that people have actually thought of of doing this type of simulator and incorporating it into a program because, you know, 10 years ago, this you know, people would have thought this was, you know, you know, just completely out of the box. No, no one would even try to do that. So I, I, you know, I never heard of it and I'm pretty, I'm pretty excited about hearing this story here. I'd like to see kind of what happens to these kids, you know, like the success rates and everything and, and what they improve to and things like that.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. There's, um, there's something to be said to the school that was, you know, had the open mind, um, you know, to even implement this. Not only discuss it, but actually make it into yeah. something. And it's kind of like the old saying, uh, your mind is like a parachute. It has to be open for it to work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so Manny, were saying something?
2: No, I, <clears throat> actually, um, I read through most of, of that book, um, Grit, by uh, Ms. Duckworth. And she quantifies grit. Um, she was actually a, a math teacher who started to notice that... Um, the kids who were more kind of had more iq or more uh had a little more intellectual capabilities let's just call it by the end of the year the kids who didn't have that capability were had were getting better grades than the kids who had that talent so to speak had that talent by the end of it you know they were getting better grades than the kids you know initially who who were doing well um, and it kind of piqued her interest on like, oh, why, why was that? You know, and she was interested by that. And that's kind of how it all, it all spawned and, and started. So then they took it to the military Then the military started to use it and they started to try to quantify, you know, you get all these, I think there were seals or Marines. Um, they started to test certain things and there were just little itty bitty things that were the difference. And then they started to measure the grit and then they could start to see well who's going to pass and who wasn't going to pass, you know. Well, this guy was a scot, you know, was a scholar, was a great athlete, but this guy was average, average, but had grit, and he ended up, you know, taking it to the next level where the other guy actually just rolled out. Yeah. Um, so it was interesting to see as you know the whole thought process goes through, and they've done a whole bunch of research, and they've done these uh, I guess experiments, test groups, and they've actually followed them throughout the years, and they you know they say that people that have more grit are actually more successful and they have numbers to back it up and actual data to back it up in the book is actually, it, it is pretty interesting.
0: That is wild. I know, it, I, you know, it sounds crazy, but, um, her, her name just keeps coming across my, uh, my desk and I know she's been out for, you know, doing this studies for a while. I know mm-hmm. she had a, a Ted talk in 2013, mm-hmm. four years ago. Right. So she's been, you know, at it with this. So I definitely got to look up Ms. Duckworth a little bit more. I think it's absolutely phenomenal that they're stu- they're looking more closely at the. I don't even know if they're. I, th- I feel like, it it has been studied. I just feel like now it's brought to the attention, of that it deserves. Yeah. Uh, where before people thought of a lot of this stuff as lofty. Yeah. Um. Even some of the material I read, it will blow my mind of, the dates and authors who wrote it. It's you know, when when you're talking about manifesting something in your life these guys in the late 1800s are talking about this yeah. but they were saw as nuts like yeah. literally like crazy mm-hmm. people who are just you know talking all you know oh they must be on some uh, psychedelic drug or something like that mm-hmm. um, where now literally their their writings are praised in the personal development industry um, so I don't know if it just takes years for people to accept yeah. that I'm sure is. or is it that we're that brainwashed and to, we're so think so used to thinking black and white where there's, whoa, there's a, the whole other level of options of why your kid's failing or why your kid's passing, um, and his SAT scores stink. I mean, it's the perfect example of my life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I always had average grades. In fact, I graduated with Temple with a 3.0. And it's fascinating, though, but it's how how I even got... If I didn't have, I would say, you know, using this word, since it's, you know, our hot word or whatever, grit, mm. I don't think I would have made it because, you know... My intellectual capacity could only take me so far, yeah. and what was pushing me you know the rest of the way was the grit <laughs> i mean that's uh, and I guess a lot of it is now trying to understand like that nebulous gray area of like you know like you said it's not always black and white right, but if you think about it, it's so basic right that's this is how basic our thinking was, and that now we're accepting this, yeah, exactly. okay, so determining whether someone passes a college course, are they smart or are they not smart are they intellectually you know capable or they're not? That's literally how or we've think, been like, looking uh, at think, life. Are they yeah. studying or not? It's like yeah. But the, the reason why you failed the... is because you don't you don't have an intellectual capacity yeah. to pass. That's literally how we're graded. Yeah, exactly. But um, survival that 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 natural survival mode, I guess, kicks in uh, to these you know these people I guess who have you know the true grit and and I know I know there's you know stuff with Temple University. I read. I was trying to pull it. Uh, Temple University sends like a magazine. Uh, to the alumni, I'm not sure if they send it to everybody, but um, in it, it was um, last year uh, at the Olympics, they were explaining that a few Temple students were uh, like personal coaches, hmm. but they're mental coaches. So they were traveling all over the world with athletes and taking them to different areas of, you know, of the world and mentally training them and having them visualize their race in their mind and then winning and the studies came out, you know, crazy. The, you know, they had all these, uh, you know, these little sticky. What the heck are they called? Those little stents. These little stents all over the, you know, the athletes' bodies, and they were actually seeing uh, these stents were f- uh, were picking up their muscles firing as much as if they were physically running. Hmm. Wow. Um, and that was just all mentally based uh, practices. So they're running. So basically, like if it was. They're outside and only had the outside course they would have them mentally run hmm. and they're seeing like this person soar the next day as if they were physically outside training wow.
1: huh. so,
0: so there's something to be said uh, the power of the mind and and there's obviously it's beyond grit and perseverance and, and, and resilience we're just kind of touching on you know how powerful we truly are oh, yeah. um, but in a very distinct Transition. We're gonna move along here uh, with Scott Devore uh, as our guest. And uh, Scott, you you've been on before, but this time is a little bit different, um, and I and I think a little bit sweeter uh, because uh, me and Scott, as everyone knows, have mastermind calls, talks, we're constant communication about what's going on, what's next. And Scott Devore, um, my man, just put together equity dream homes and I just kind of want him to explain you know what what it is how the concept developed uh why it makes sense and the road to making it a reality
1: all right man well thanks for having me back on really appreciate it uh first of all big ups to you guys 52 plus one you know you guys are doing great with the podcast and excited to see kind of where you guys are taking it but you know, equity dream homes, it's almost like, um, it's like a one, two combo. Uh, so it doesn't, it doesn't stand by itself. It's actually in conjunction with some other things that I'm doing. Uh, so just to give you uh, not a ton of background of me, but I'm a, I'm a licensed general contractor. And recently I uh, became a licensed real estate agent. So the purpose of doing that was really not to sell real estate initially. It was, uh, to to you know basically put myself in position to get a broker's license two years down the road because I do uh, a lot of financial consulting I do CFO stand in for entrepreneurs and small uh, small small companies uh, but with um, you know some things that have kind of occurred in life and kind of the direction you know that I'm heading with uh, what what I'm doing entrepreneurially I decided to kind of focus more um, actually in the construction realm. As opposed to consulting for companies that work in construction, so I'm actually utilizing my contracting background, and with this new uh, uh, real estate license, I'm kind of got inspired by a lot of uh, HGTV. Over the last, you know, few months, with uh, some shows that are real popular in and you know in culture today, with uh, Property Brothers being one of them, Fixer Upper, um, you name it. You know, there's you know half dozen or, or, or more that are, you know, real popular. So to make a long story short, uh, what I've actually launched with Equity Dream Homes is with my real estate license, I, I just recently uh, became affiliated with a brokerage. Uh, I work primarily in the Northeast Florida, Jacksonville area, but I do travel all the way down to Orlando and Central Florida. So I, I essentially do what you see on TV. And that's kind of a, uh, a very, very easy a uh, way for me to strike up conversations with people but you know to more or less i, I help people find fixer upper homes uh, and then i also help them with the uh, the renovation of that to essentially make it into a dream home okay. so just to give you some some background in that uh you know and in florida especially in this jacksonville area that i live in there's a basically a huge a huge gap between brand new homes and dilapidated homes so in between the market is completely they can't they don't have enough inventory. And, you know, the the unfortunate thing is that most buyers in, in this, you know, geography are kind of stuck in the middle, but they can't afford, you know, the the brand new homes and they don't want to find they don't want to, you know, buy, you know, a, a run down home. So I, I essentially have the perfect solution for them with you know, helping them, you know, see what they, what they, you know, dream of on a TV show. I actually, you know, make that a reality for them. So with Equity Dream Homes, like I said, I, I you know, work with buyers who are looking to, to find something in a certain price point. Um, but, you know, what I can actually provide, you know, offer them is instead of, you know, buying something that is at your max budget, uh, you can find something significantly cheaper. And then with a, you know, good renovation, you know you can get it for cheaper than you know the dream home that you want it and it can be customized to the exact finishing um way that you want it to be so you know to make it you know basically I'm, I'm helping people you know see what they see on a tv show and making it an actual real thing that is is completely attainable so it's just something that i'm extremely excited about
0: yeah, I mean it's it's fascinating, and when we watch the shows in the back of your mind. You're like, well, this just this just makes sense. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Me and Manny, we've talked about it, you know, before. Um, you know, for you know people that we've dealt with. Um, I remember when Manny was in, you know, on the market looking for homes. Um, you know, a couple opportunities presented themselves, and um, you know Manny was having discussions with a guy who's basically doing this. Mm-hmm. I remember the house that was like around in this section? That mm-hmm. guy was. Um, you know, do it. how did he explain it to you guys or what he was, or did he even explain that's what he was doing?
2: So I guess what they did when we we're looking at the house, we saw that, uh, the house was for sale and they had purchased homes, I guess under a certain name, they bought homes and renovated them and then put them up on the website <laughs> and showed the finished product. Um, and then they kind of had houses for sale, so houses that they owned and said, you know, this could essentially be yours. So we walked, literally walked through the house and talked about, you know, knocking walls down, what kind of finishes would be there, where the laundry room would be, what room it would be, and he looked at it, and I don't know, I don't know how he did it, but in his head, he said, like, yeah, we could do that for the price that we talked about. Um, they kind of had a set amount that they wanted to sell the house for, um, but the, uh, I guess his investor, you know, he wasn't in it to make a ton of money. He was obviously, wanted to be profitable, but um, he just wanted to make somebody's dream a reality, and, you uh, that's, you know, that's what we were talking about. And, you know, we were fortunate um, enough to have that opportunity, didn't follow through with it. Um, but we were in talks for a little bit there, you know, talking about finishes and what we would do and how we would do it. Um, and that was pretty much how it went. But it was it was pretty cool. like We knew what we were getting to we knew what we were going to spend. And that was kind of it. We was, he was just going to make it happen for us.
0: Yeah, so I mean, it's It's similar to what Scott's doing, but Mm -hmm. there there is a clear difference. So this guy was actually purchasing the homes already. So Mm -hmm. it was like a a fixer upper house. He bought it, Mm -hmm. and then he was kind of selling the concept of the houses he already had done, selling people on the pictures and to show the quality of work that he did. And then he would walk people and basically dream build with them, and he'll tell you yes or no, or I can make that happen if you change the material from you know marble to granite or you know granite to you know something else uh, on a you know cheaper. Um, So. That concept is it's pretty cool. Like yeah. it really is dope. Yeah. Um, and then Scott, you're you're actually taking people to their homes or taking people house shopping, right? That's right, the difference exactly. there. So you're actually mm-hmm. taking them, you know, to what, literally just like Property Brothers does. Yeah, um, yeah, it, it, almost so, exactly so the you, same. So when you show them the house, you're in your suit. And then when they pick out the house, you're all of a sudden in a flannel shirt. And my flannel <laughs> shirt my hard hat safety <laughs> glasses. <Yeah. laughs> eye and air protection. And all of a sudden you grow like longer hair. It's, it's It gets weird. And but. then I grow out the beard
1: too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, like the
0: shadowed beard. Um, yeah, no, I, I, think, I think the concept is fascinating. I think mm-hmm. it's a perfect example of what entrepreneurship is, right? I mean, not that you're like cornering the market or have a monopoly on anything, but mm-hmm. it's basically a little mini – it's like my website has all my own ads on it. you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like yeah. if you're gonna click on something, you're gonna click on something because it's I own it, not because I'm you know some other person owns yeah. it. Right. So it's kind of like uh, you know that thing where you're it's like the double whammy, but at the same time, um, life is about customization. You want to personalize things. That's why personalized products have been out for ages and they still sell. You'll still go to Disney World and they, you have a Mickey hat that says, james and somebody yeah. will buy it still and yeah. i literally went to disney world when i was five and i literally got the same gold stitching on my Damn disney that said jimmy lee yeah it's about personalization people love that oh, stuff. why you go into those random like well, like the um down the shore the shops and you just look for your name yeah. and like little
1: license plates or whatever it is yeah
0: or if not they'll just iron something on your you know well, sleeve yeah, too, right but... there in front of you <laughs> 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 but uh it's about personalization and i love that i love the fact that what you're doing um, you know with equity dream homes is personalized at the same time um, you're catering, you're providing a service um, as well as a product.
1: That's all no cool. doubt. So yeah and and maybe I didn't I didn't say this, but I mean it's not like my first go around uh, in, in remodeling. Uh, like I've been a real estate investor since 2008 and you know I was more a traditional investor, I would buy you know distressed homes. Myself, I would do full renovations and I would either flip them or, you know, turn them into a, you know, a cash flowing property. And um, I kind of got out of it when I moved from the, the East Coast to the West Coast. And I was, you know, for a very short one day, out, I, I thought I was going to focus on my career and, you know, grow into like, you know, high levels of, of an executive. And, you know, t- there was some good stuff out of it because it made me realize how much I hate it, corporate America. And it made me realize how much I wanted to get back into entrepreneurship and do it, you know, completely different, 100%, you know, on my own. So so that basically led me to moving back across the country to, to Florida. And, you know, I've been basically a full-fledged entrepreneur for just coming up on two years. And I've done um, a lot of work in construction and just, just as a kind of a financial consultant to a lot of companies. And, you know, just considering, like, you know, what should I invest my time in versus um, investing into other construction companies or actually getting full full fledged into construction myself? I, I, I see that there's a much greater return on, you know, not just my time, but my, you know, other investments as well. So. Um, you know, with that, just excited to to get this new thing off the ground and um you know I got the get, my website's in the beta phase, but it should be official here in a couple of days, equitydreamhomes.com. Um definitely check it out, but you know, it's uh some some good stuff happening and you know can't wait to see what, what we can do with it.
0: So you mentioned you kinda left the whole real estate thing, but I do believe, if I remember it right, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, you were making an income off these homes while you were still going after this executive dream. Um, No doubt. So that was... Is a perfect example. Yeah. I'm guessing that's still what fished you in. I'm like, this is yeah. crazy. Like, you still have, um, you know, Brandon Hilkert talked about this last, mm. last, week, last episode where he was talking about he built this machine that was basically making money for him while he was at his son's or daughter's uh, soccer game or something. Yeah. He was getting emails saying you just got a book sale, blah blah blah. Yeah. Um, same thing. Scott's building on his dream over there in California, um, and he had property on the East Coast that he was getting receiving monthly. Uh, payments on and you know I'll let you answer this Scott but was that what kind of brought you back um, because that's a long that's a long time for, since 2008 I, I remember you taking a course what is it, a
1: Robert Kiyosaki course real it estate it was a uh, Dean Graziosi I I, I took a Robert Kiyosaki never like did uh like a full-fledged course but you know some of his you know kind of you know $50 you know seminar things. products yeah, yeah. And, and Donald Trump I did some of Donald Trump stuff um, Trump University so I was just really getting fully immersed into real estate, um, you know, almost 10 years ago. And I guess what brought me back to be honest with you, I just miss entrepreneurship. I kind of like felt like I, when I, when I moved to California, um, I, I had to do it at the time by, you know, basically I had a, had a pretty high paying job to, to be able to make that transition. And it almost was like I let something in me die. Even though things were great, you know, from a career standpoint, you know, anyone looking at it would say this guy, cause you know, I was like a CFO for, a um, for a healthcare company, you know, for one of their operating divisions. I mean, it was like, you know, legit, I mean, it was like, you know, big deal. Um, but I just, it, I just wasn't being myself and I was just at a point in my life where I just was really like not in a good place because I wasn't pursuing my passion. I, didn't, I never felt like I was pursuing greatness and I was just dreading every single day going into work and, you know, building someone else's dream. And then, um, I came across this article from Yahoo, uh, and it basically led me to a book called eventual millionaire. And from that, from that book that I read, it just completely lit the fire of entrepreneurship into me again. And then that led me to a guy named John Lee Dumas, who's pretty popular in the podcast realm. Um, he has like one of the most popular, you know, podcasts out there. And then, you know, that led me to basically wanting to jump all in because that guy, his story was he was, uh, you know, he was, you know, a veteran. And then he was doing some, I think mortgage, he was in real estate, but kind of on the mortgage side and it was a, more of a corporate thing. And he basically just a hundred percent stopped that and wanted to figure out what he was going to do as an entrepreneur. And that's not the, you know, the road that most people should take but for me I just knew I've always did entrepreneurship as a side gig for about 15 years and I've had lots of success at it um, but it was never to the point where I could just fully walk away so I just, just I just did something extremely crazy I just said I'm just gonna fully walk away and I'm gonna figure it out and that just you know it was it was extremely exciting but man it brought so much stress into like you know to my wife and but I, I told her hey it's gonna, it's gonna work out um, and, you know, I've hit I, I since I've since I made that decision almost two years ago, um, you know, I could say, you know, looking at it from uh, 30,000 view, you know, I'm two years, you know, of never of not working for someone. But I've hit so many, I've, I've hit so many you know roadblocks along the way. But I, I look at every single one of those events as, you know, our learning experience, uh, you know, taking taking those hits. But, you know, I wouldn't trade it in for anything, even though I'm not completely where I want to be. But I'm definitely, you know, out pursuing the dream. And, you know, God's been been good, you know, keeping me, keeping me afloat to, to keep pursuing this whole entrepreneurship thing. And, you know, it's led to this this latest venture. And um, ever you know, basically since I've I've kind of put this thing out there to people and, you know, really been getting, um, you know, Getting my name out there in, in this Jacksonville area, man, just so much good stuff has come about it. So it's just it's just fantastic, you know, the things that are coming out right now.
0: Yeah, it's cool. Um the, the the part that I really like about that explanation was you're talking about the book Eventual Millionaire. Um I never read the book, so I I gotta get my hands on it. But you're talking about you read this book and I lit a fire. What what was the fire? What was it about, you know, entrepreneur that, that entrepreneurship that kicked in you know, your, your, your interest back to, uh, I'm very curious as to, cause certain, everyone has their own little trigger to what makes them move. Mm-hmm. What was it that made you like, yeah, because I, Sometimes you get kind of bored with the answer of like, oh, you know, I'm doing it for my family, I'm doing it for my kids. Like at the end mm-hmm. of the day, initially it's a selfish thing. It has mm-hmm. to be. You don't, you don't, you're not born with kids. Yeah. Um, so it's like there has to be an initial, you know, a personal thing there. You know, that aside, which I'm not, you know, I do it for my kid and my wife too. But you know, initially it wasn't that I didn't have a kid and a wife. You know, I, I was doing it because uh, for 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 my reasons. But I'm trying to figure out. Scott, what was the fire that was yeah. lit? you know because a lot of times people also talk about motivation and it's like, oh yeah, motivation's great uh for two days later and then you blow a gasket and it's all downhill and you're depressed and you're going back to you know popping pills and drinking again um, yeah and that's a terrible interpretation <laughs> um that's an but, extreme <laughs> but you know it's true um. Scott, what, what's your? That's not true about motivation. It's true, with people's
1: interpretation of what it is—that's yeah. not what it's there for. Uh, um, yeah. So, so the book, you know, it it, it was almost a, you know, two thousand thirteen or whatever year it was version of um, what Napoleon Hill did with, um, I think, it was a Thinking Rich, where he basically, Andrew Carnegie set him on this mission for like however many years ago interview all of these successful people, you know, in, in the, you know, in the industries that were, you know, the oil industry or whatever, you know, hundred plus years ago. So the book was a combination of her interviews of all of these successful uh, millionaires and basically tell it was basically, you know, a recap of their stories of what they did to overcome. And I I think I read the book and then I bought a domain name, I Heart Entrepreneurship. Because entrepreneurship is just my thing. And I think with that, there was a a lady who I worked with and she was having – she put in her, her notice and, and her notice – and I, I had previous conversations before she put in her notice. But essentially what happened was her and her husband bought this little um, – you know, there's uh, those little franchises that do the painting and you drink wine at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, martini. Um, so her. Yeah, they they bought one of these franchises and it was doing so well that she was basically quitting her job because she was going to support her husband and, and you know, and and running this franchise. And I was so happy and excited for her because that's mm-hmm. what I'm all about. I'm yeah. all about wanting to see people you know, be successful in entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. And, and so, you know, I just had this passion of, you know, of wanting to help other people do the same thing. And that's basically why I jumped into doing, you know, financial consulting and working with people who was startups, putting together business plans and, and things like that. Um, but yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of what did it for me in that book.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. Um, you hear stories about this all the time. People, Scott was, is being again modest again his salary uh in the corporate realm he was making bank (laughs) with it they call and to make that jump um it reminded me of uh bob proctor his new partner well not so new anymore but uh sandy gallagher uh who was an attorney same thing she was making high six figures um in fact she was just about to hit the mark of making a million a year and on a salary uh, so yeah. she was making it, uh, and she was doing very well for herself, um, and and attended a three day conference of Bob Proctor's, and that was the end of that. Hmm. She just fell in love with Bob Proctor and all his methodology of of teaching and viewing life, uh, so much so the quote fire was lit under her, and she ended up becoming so anxious with her job because it was kind of the same thing it was not fulfilling she was doing it she was successful and she was very you know you know career driven to an extent obviously that you're making you know great money and um, but she wasn't being fulfilled yeah. something in her was still like it was slowly dying mm-hmm. and she just couldn't see herself going to the grave without tapping into that gold mine yeah. um, and there's also a book titled three feet from gold Um If I could explain it very quick, Uh, Three Feet from Gold uh, is a book basically explaining mining gold, but at the same time is trying to give you, you know, like a metaphor uh, for life or whatever. Um, Gold veins are, you know, they're not, you know, linear how they go. So Mm -hmm. they they can go, you know, and I might be messing this, butchering this, but just stick with me for for the explanation. They can go all over in the ground or sometimes they could just go straight. Well, this one guy um was digging, literally digging uh for gold uh when the whole gold rush and stuff was going. He bought he bought a farm because someone said they struck gold on this farm. So he this wealthy guy bought the farm and started digging, digging, digging. Well, the the initial va- vein that was hit obviously eventually ran out. Mm. Um so he stopped digging for it. Well, apparently every three feet the pattern repeats itself or something like that so if it, if you could think of an s he hit the top of the s and then dug down dug down and he found nothing well then he he failed to realize that the barrel of the s was now gonna come in and he was gonna hit gold again and then on the next curl he would hit it again when it's wrapping up the last part of the letter mm-hmm. and hit it again mm-hmm. um, well he stopped at the first one had no idea How gold was, you know, really, that's how you dig for gold or whatever, mine for gold. Um, And then this, like, poor man, he he gave the farm away, like, donated it to a poor family. And this, the guy who he gave it to knew all about this and became 20 times wealthier than the guy who gave it to him. Wow. Um, Off that little piece, which is almost embarrassing and and funny at the same time. Um, You know, but, you know, knowledge is power. Uh, But, yeah, anyway, I don't even know how the hell I got to that. But... (laughs) Scott Sandy Gallagher um
2: I, I, I do have a question um Angela and Scott or, or Jim or anybody uh, Goose can can I mean the business owners here um can can talk about this when uh I was reading in the book one of the quotes from the book that got me was um, enthusiasm is common endurance is rare and I thought about it and stopped I was like yeah anybody could be on fire for 2 to 3 weeks a year or whatever But when it comes to that point where, you know, your passion is gone, you know, what what are you kind of tapping into to kind of push yourself through? Mm. Because enthusiasm only takes you so far. Um, And passion is passionate as you can be about it. It dwindles here and there. You know, the fire goes goes light a little bit. um, For sure. And it needs to be rekindled. You know, where do you go to, to to kind of rekindle that fire?
0: I think it's funny, too, because it is true. I mean, you can be, not to get like weird and graphic, but in all honesty, like if you could imagine it almost like a car accident, you could be happy as heck to go to work. You're driving, yeah, all right, and boom, someone hits you from the line. That could mess up oh, everything, man. and boom, there goes your enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. Um, so you
1: can't bank on enthusiasm. It's
0: fantastic, but you're right. It's not what gets you through life. Scott, did you want to answer that?
1: Yeah, well, I'm going to try to answer it. Um, so... You know, I think it's well for me. Uh, it, it's weird because when I was I was a teenager, and I just had this um, this seed in me that I was going to do something great. You know, I can't explain it, and I might people may you know not you guys, but I might when I share that I might share that with someone else. They may look at me funny, like you know, it doesn't even make any sense. Mm. So I just knew like God put this thing in me that I, I was going to you know or be successful or at least try to be. And, you know, I've seen lots of businesses over the years and, you know, did quite a few. Um, and when I was in that kind of really dark space that I was talking about, you know, and, and corporate before I made that transition to go into entrepreneurship, I was just at this point where, man, I just this, this thing, this this saying of or, or whatever, just pursuing greatness was like was something I wasn't doing. And I just needed to pursue greatness. That was like this thing that was I had to do. So, to keep the endurance, you know, I think of, um, I think about you know the foundation that you have to have. So there's people who, um, you know, you think about the greats, and you, you you think about all the things that they had to overcome, and they just had that found like I you know it had something to do with the foundation that they were able to develop over the course of their life to make them you know stay the course. And so I'm not saying, I'm not going to say I'm as great as, you know, those great entrepreneurs or whatever, but I just feel like I can, I can't like ever back away from that, from that thing I've been feeling ever since I was a teenager, which was, you know, 25 years ago. Um, I think, well, I'm 38, 14. I don't know. Do the math. <laughs> oh, but, um, but anyways, um, I don't know. I just, it's just, I, I just can, you can't, I can never, I can never give up. I never will. Mm-hmm. And, uh, obviously, I have to do what's smart, you know, for my family and all that stuff. But, you know, I just feel like, you know, God has put this in me and um, and, you know, there's a reason why I haven't hit the levels of success that I wanted to. And I think it really it, I've I've processed this many times over the years. I think it's really to keep me humble um, because I'm pretty sure if I would have hit levels of success, you know, at a very early age. I probably wouldn't be the person I am. I wouldn't be humble. I wouldn't know who the successor came Mm -hmm. from. I probably would be thinking it was all me. Mm -hmm. So I I know that that's God, you know, is is for that. But, you know, I just and and again, you know, I I think there's still a huge journey ahead of me. And um, I don't know, man, did I answer your question or just take that completely somewhere? No, no,
2: no. I mean, you there, I don't think there's a right or wrong. You know, it's just whatever moves you, whatever, you know, keeps you able to endure, I guess, and and to move forward.
0: Yeah, I think there's something to um, the way we're created. That there's something to it, obviously, but I don't think it gets looked into as much as you realize. As kids, we're so we use our imagination so more. We're very uh, apt to be and creative and thinking big and wanting to be quote an astronaut and wanting to be all these big things. That that is embedded in our hearts and our minds in the back of our head. And that by the time we become adults and life is actually, you know, side blind us with a Mack truck and uh, you go back to that little boy. Dang, dude, you remember when, you know, you you thought you could be limitless. Mm. Is that still true? Should I am am I was that planted in me for a reason? Right. So then you for me, it's extracting the true potential. Mm. What am I actually capable of doing? It's it's a mo- it's motivating in itself. You know, I I can get a hype off just thinking that. You know, the little boy, the little tan boy, sitting there, freaking flip flops, watching. You know, exotic cars fl- fly by as I'm waiting. You know, for my family to you know come out of you know getting ready to go out to dinner. Uh, you know, at Wildwood, where we're, you know we're seeing. You know, I I I thought it was an exotic car. Now I think about it, it was probably just like a car club. You know, like just driving mm-hmm. by, but in my mind it was like this crazy expensive car. I was probably like a honda civic it was probably scott devore passing by me um no but um and then you go back to that and you're like yeah i know life hit me yeah i know you know not every day is going to be you know living the dream you know but how you interpret it can but can i actually do that though if someone else is doing i certainly can do it and that's not even t- touching the basis of doing what has never been done um you know there's this like documentary, this very strange documentary that these guys were still exploring in the 20th century mm-hmm. and you're like, what? how in the world are you exploring? Haven't are, we figured the whole world out yet? And no um, there's actually portions of the ocean yeah. that are too deep for the human or they'd even realize we we're even there. So it's basically like a hole in the wall. And that's just like if we're like the you know the ocean was this office, and then there's like a hole in the wall that these guys kept like passing by and like wonder what that hole's all about, and all of a sudden they kind of like peek their eye in and they see that it's a whole other you know room full of stuff. So all of a sudden they kind of like squeeze through and they're like, wait, there's a whole another world in here, and literally there's new creatures, yep. new everything because mm-hmm. you have to be different to live down there. Yeah, um, I know mm-hmm. how basic that just sounded, but. You do. And you have to, you know, these animals are living in such darkness that yeah. it was literally black. Like you couldn't, the cameras couldn't even pick up what they were seeing um, until they had to bring down. Then they came back and they brought down special equipment, you know, that mm-hmm. lit up what they're looking at. But it's that curiosity of extracting the potential, what could be, um, is an energizing thing. And then the little promises that you made yourself or made a significant other, or, and then it becomes. Bam, those little seeds turn into actual seeds and now you're looking at the eyes of your kids. Um, you know, I want to leave a name for myself. What's it going to say? Who am I going to be remembered as? Am I going to be remembered as the guy who gave up on everything? Or am I going to be the guy who at least tried, but always came up short? Um, or will you be the guy who's like, I don't know what in the world or how in the world he got here, but the grit came through and finally, towards the end of his life, something came through. You know, it's, it's the exact, you know, Colonel Sanders, what in the world would make a guy start a business and become who he was at the age of 65? 65. Mm-hmm. Um, you have yeah. people just quitting at 25. Mm. It's a different answer for everybody. Um, but I think you know, pushing the limits and trying to see how much you can do, I don't know, for me, uh, is definitely there's something to that as well. And the way life kind of pans out, how innocent we are in our thought process and thinking we can be whoever we want to be. Um, then all of a sudden those little childhood memories come flashing back. Um, I was just in a conversation with somebody talking about, there's no way I came from nothing. There's no way I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not standing in, um, in line for my food. I'm going to get everything. And it was just a very angry person talking about success. And it was just seemed like it was so angry and, but that's what drives them. And this person is very successful. Um, but it came from like a very dark childhood. Uh, in them in their eyes somebody might interpret it as like that was a pretty decent childhood. But them they couldn't have everything they wanted and now it's like forget that I work too hard oh and someone else was talking about uh, you know we're all putting in for lottery does anybody want to put in and they're like I work way too hard for me my- uh uh I didn't get here by no gamble and it was like very personal like everything was personal and angry mm-hmm. but it works for them mm-hmm. so what drives them I don't know it could have been what they interpreted as a terrible childhood or one that they didn't want, or one that they thought could have been, I guess, better or whatever. But
2: I think grit comes with sacrifice. Like the amount you're willing to sacrifice really tests your grit. I mean, Kobe, Kobe talks about it. Kobe's not known as being the most friendly of person uh, of people. Um, probably doesn't have the, the greatest of relationships with you know the NBA and, and and all the affiliates or whatnot. But he was uber successful, right? And he talks about uh, and I I said this before in a prior podcast, but he had a saying that uh, friends hang sometimes, you know, banners hang forever. And he talked about that difference. And, it, you know, it strikes me as he was willing to sacrifice those relationships for that goal. You know, the the kind of the quest for greatness. And it's hard for somebody at 21, 24 to be like, I, I can't have that right now you know, not seeing the big picture. So, I mean, it's, I can understand why people give up, not to say that it's okay, but I get it. You know, that sacrifice is big, you know, and that kind of tests your grit very early on. And you, you know, you kind of figure out right then and there if if you're going to do it or not. Right. Am I just being a little too far fetched there? No, I wouldn't even say at that young age. I'm just saying just in general, really.
0: Yeah, no, no, it makes sense. I mean, that even go, that even basically explains the whole talent thing. People are lenient on that talent that always got them through. Right. That there's this little bit of laziness about them. There was never a grit. And in fact, it's almost a handicap. I mean, I forget who the I think it was Monet says he wish he was born blind. Hmm. Because then he would he would not interpret the world with such, you know, false um, you know, lenses, I guess. Um, and that is such a deep thing to say for someone who created such beautiful artwork, yeah. who you, who you, we would think appreciated the world, because yeah. he, he painted sceneries of Mother Nature, yeah. um, and for him to say that he wished he was born blind, <laughs> at least for his first 10 years, um, so that he could appreciate uh, the, the the world much more. I mean, it's just like mind-blowing thing, like, whoa, yeah. how unappreciative am I? Holy smokes. Yeah. Um, but but yeah it, it really is all interpretation and at the end of the day it doesn't matter because it's it's your life it doesn't matter how we're defining what grit is or you know what successful is or you know what a talent is if it's a handicap or not it doesn't matter as long as um you know you are living your life and i i just feel like and that's whatever that is and if that's like a and you're you know that's a fulfilled satisfied thing then go for it I just don't think you should go if you're if if you have the ability to go to the grave with a satisfied and fulfilled life I don't think you should do anything less that has nothing to do with grinding every day and being tough and going motivated I'm not even talking about that whatever you define fulfilled and satisfied whatever that is that's how you should that's how you should go um I believe anyway so um is grit something you talk to your kids about and you explain to them or is it something you show them i think it's both
1: um you know i'm you know i used to be super optimistic now i consider myself a optimistic realist yes sir Um, because you know man life is life life is gonna you know, beat you up and everything, even for kids, you know, for relative, you know, put it into what, what's beaten them up and, you know, and a little bit of responsibility or life that they've experienced. So I tell my kids that a lot, you know, and they do some, some things like they, they have like these little acting careers and everything. So they have to experience some highs and lows there and, you know, they don't like the lows, but it's a great, it's a great opportunity for them to learn and for me to, to teach them about. Hey, you just got to, you got to be, you know, work hard and, um, keep practicing and put in the time and, uh, you know, do better. And then next time, you know, you might, you might get that, get that job or, or whatever it was, but yeah, I love it. You know, I think my kids, you know, they, um, you know, they see me and, um, they know that daddy's always, you know, looking to, to do something, uh, with, with business and, you know, opportunities are, are. Um, are there that i'm pursuing and they get to kind of see it and you know i just love them kind of kind of being able to observe and hopefully you know when when they're adults i'm able to show them show them something that they can kind of internalize and use for themselves but yeah i think it's both agreed cool all right so there
0: you have it folks true grit as usual we wrap our episodes up with quotes and the last two that we have appropriately enough Angela Lee Duckworth she says grit is sticking with your future day in day out not just for the week not just for the month but for years Uh, and yes I definitely just got the chills reading that Um, and then the second one is by Travis Bradbury Um, He says, Grit is that extra something that separates the most successful people from the rest. It's the passion, perseverance, and stamina that we must channel in order to stick with our dreams until they become a reality. All right, folks. So there you have it. True Grit. In this episode, we had special guest Scott DeVore, CEO of Equity Dream Homes. The crew discusses what it means to have true grit. Scott explains his new company, how it became how it came about, and the road to making it a reality. We discussed stories of resilience. We wrapped the episode up with quotes from Angela Lee Duckworth and Travis Bradbury. Thanks again for joining us. Guys, don't forget to visit the website